Metamorphosis. This is a power, power of change. And to keep it simply, this is a podcast that's going to highlight high performers, people who them, and we think they have it all put together, but do they really? And we found so far in the past four weeks of podcast that these people have stories and places they've come from and places they've had to learn from and pivot. And I always say that patterns leave clues, and we're going to be patterns in this podcast of people who are excellent at their own rights and excellent in their own facilities and their fields and their ministries. And we're just going to kind of see where these stories go. We're going to have some takeaways. We're going to have some practical take-home points, but this is metamorphosis, the power of change. And today we're going to highlight someone who I think has played an integral role in my life, me being her older brother, um, it's my sister, Kellen. She is a doctor of physical therapy. She is in the DC, well, the simply, and she works daily with high performers herself. Um, in the DC area, she's part of a practice that's very, very successful in downtown Washington, DC. And she spent some time there right after school, but she's really been developing her working with high performance athletes that are adults. Uh, college athletes, and just high performers in general. Kellen, thank you for hopping on. Thanks for having me. And so, Kellen, how we kind of do this podcast for who this is brand new, um, we're going to just tell your story. Sure. So, obviously, like, you know how my story started. My probably the most challenging part was, you know, being your sister. I'm just kidding. It was great. Um, just messing with you. So yeah, I mean, honestly, though, all things disclosed, I kind of followed your lead. I went to PT school. Um, I know you didn't mention this, but, you know, Ryan is my older brother of about two years, my senior, right? Because you just turned, yeah, two years? Uh, shoot. I'm gonna be... Yeah, two. I don't want to disclose your age on the podcast. In twenty-one. All ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, you were two years ahead of me. Um, I followed your lead. Um, ended up going to PT school, and grew up in a small town, coastal town in Delaware. Um, that's the East Coast for those of you in Hawaii who have never heard of Delaware. Um. And, you know, we grew up in a house with, you know, there was five of us total and our dad worked in a school and, you know, growing up, we played a ton of sports and my goal was always, you know, I want to play lacrosse in college and I want to be a teacher one day. So I ended up pursuing that goal and ended up actually studying early childhood and special education while playing lacrosse at a Division two school in Pennsylvania, um, kind of along the way, I realized it wasn't for me and I kind of got into fitness because I was playing lacrosse and I wasn't seeing a lot of playing time and it was super frustrating. So I was going through this frustrating circumstance. Anyone who's played 
um, NCAA sports knows what a huge time commitment it is. So it's kind of devastating when you go to a school and you're sitting on the sideline, watching your teammates play, you're standing at practice, you're still on the sideline because you're not even playing like in the practice run plays. So my gut, you know, was feeling a little bit discouraged, but it's pretty discouraging. You know, you're watching from the sideline and you're not getting any playing time. Um, at the same time, you know, I was also lifeguarding with my older brother in Dewey Beach, Delaware, and he was my lieutenant. And, you know, when you're working on the beach as a lifeguard, it's a very competitive environment. It's also not to say a harsh environment, but you're a team that you push each other. Um, it's a physical job. You sometimes have high stakes situations that you have to deal with. And, you know, if you're not pulling your weight, you're going to get called out. Um, so my older brother, you know, Ryan, he instilled a lot of those values in me, just being my boss on the beach patrol. And when I was playing college sports, when I wasn't playing in my gut, I was like, what is feeling discouraged going to do? And I, you know, almost like heard that voice in me that was like, okay, we'll show them that you can be a tool to this team. Like, you know, the only person you hurt is yourself when you're sulking. So that's when I got into the gym and I started getting really uh, serious about fitness. And I was like, you know what, if I'm not going to be the best, most skilled player on the team, if I'm not going to be the most senior person on the team, as a freshman, I am going to fight like hell to make sure that I'm the fastest person on the team. And so I got into the gym and I started lifting weights and I loved it. It gave me peace of mind. It made me feel like, you know, I may not be able to be seen on the field, but, you know, I can respect myself enough to know that I'm putting the work in to be the best I can be. And wherever that takes me, you know what, we'll take it. So I made it a point and I got there. And eventually through my work in the gym, you know, I'd always reach out to my brother who was in PT school at Misericordia in Pennsylvania. And I'd always reach out to him and I'd be like, what should I do for this muscle? How do I get more powerful? How do I get faster in my sprints? And he would give me advice on how to do that. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, Ryan's becoming an expert in fitness. He's becoming a doctor of physical therapy. I was like, how cool would it be to just do that as a career, be the most expert version of, you know, the fitness field that there is the strength and conditioning field that there is like a doctor of physical therapy. And I almost like started feeling myself get a little bit jealous I was like, I'm going to become a teacher and not the teacher isn't, it's an amazing job, but you get, you kind of like acquire these cues along the way when something's just not right, because these like bad feelings and these like, not like bad omens, but things keep crossing your path. And I had teachers and they kept saying, you know, if you don't love this job, you're not going to teach or get out of it now. And it was almost like, you know, something was telling me like repeatedly, like, if you don't love it, if you aren't sure about it, get out of it now, get out of it now. And in my gut, I was like, I think that's a sign. Like I'm maybe just not meant to do this. And I always thought I wanted to do it. I loved kids. My parents did it. And I was like realizing, you know, there's more to being a teacher than loving kids. And anyone who's a teacher, I'm sure is laughing. You're like, oh yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. So Basically, that ended up with me pivoting my journey 
I was two years into school. I was a mess. I was like, I'm halfway through college and now I'm starting over again. And I started scouring the web for any physical therapy school that I could find with lacrosse. I found two programs that would take me into an accelerated PT program. Um, And if anyone who doesn't know the background of school, you get that four years bachelor degree, you have to reapply, take the GRE. It's a long process. It's a hard, it's hard um, to get into PT school, really low acceptance rates. And I was really worried about that process. So I wanted a school that had it all and would accept me from the get go. It came down to two schools. And the first school I visited, I hated it. I loved the current school I was at. I loved where I was at, um, despite the fact that they didn't have PT. And the first school, I was like, I can't leave all my friends in college and go to the school. It was, it was not a good time. Um, and I ended up saying, okay, well, I'm 50-50 now. Like, there's one school left to look at. And if I don't like it, what am I going to do? I'm doomed. And I remember, like, being so upset to my parents, like, I'm restarting college. I have to make all these new friends. I'm going to a school. I don't actually want to leave the current one I'm at, but it's best for my profession, my education. And that basically brought me to Marymount University in Arlington. And I visited the school and I didn't immediately fall in love. I was there for, I remember we were driving home to Pennsylvania from Easter break. I was there for all of maybe two hours and it wasn't the worst thing I ever experienced. And I was like, I don't know anything about this school. It wasn't the worst thing I experienced. I went out on a limb, fell in love with it. Um, and that's when I started my journey to do physical therapy. And so it was a huge decision and it was a long road. Um, and then I had, I think, three amazing years of college lacrosse. I loved my teammates. I loved my coach. I loved my school. And then... I thought that this was it. Like, it was amazing. I was the captain. I was, you know, playing the best sport ever with my best friends. Um, and then things kind of took a turn. You, you take that huge leap and things took a turn when I entered PT school. And, you know, I don't know, Ryan, if you want to chip in on how your first year of PT school was or if you can acknowledge anything in that transition? Um, I remember it being a lot more than undergrad and a lot more, well, I remember the number of hours I was in class so I was taking and the number of hours I was like in school compared to the credits was like so much more. Right. Yeah. Like and if you were Ryan- credit- grad it was it was it was 18 hours of class or less and then if you're in 18 hours of pt school a week hours a week um it was like more like 25 like it was like almost a full-time job right and so you know and ryan you played lacrosse as well in college and i know you played a little bit into pt school but it's kind of funny you go from like full-time college athlete playing the sport you love with your best friends great camaraderie enjoying victories and, and like, you know, morning losses together. And then you're in PT school and that kind of takes up the place of school and sports. And it's like yeah. all consuming, like it flips the switch. And like, suddenly it was kind of like, you know, I graduated and I was still in the same school with like my friends. A lot of them were still on the team. And for the first time I was like, I didn't know my identity. I was like fresh out of school. I'd always been an athlete. 
and now I was this full-time student. No one, you know, you didn't have a coach that was there if you like failed a test and was like, what can we do to make this better? It was kind of like, it was on you. You know, if you passed, yeah. there was no one really caring, right? Right. Um, and that was like the first time in my life that I found myself, you know, in a situation in life, like not having that identity that I had forever, which was being an athlete and like having that camaraderie that was my teammates and having, you know, that mentor that was your coach. And it was kind of like, you know, if you sink here, no one's going to care. If you swim, it's for you. Enter PT school, right? Just finished up my athletic career. I'm in the first year of PT school, still in the same city where, you know, all my best friends are living. My team, a lot of my teammates were a year younger than me um, that I was close with. So they were still playing. And then I just like kind of felt like for the first time I was like, what group am I a part of? You know, I had just started this cohort. It appeared that everyone was absolutely thriving in my class. And I felt like I was like drowning. So I will say, you know, shout out to class of 2021 at Marymount because we were a very smart cohort. People crushed it. I'm super proud of each and every one of them. I, however, entered PT school and I was straight up not crushing it, not crushing it at all. Um, I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Um, and a big part of that, like spiraled into, you know, I wasn't sleeping at night. We start off with, um, neuroanatomy and, um, path, gosh, what is it called? Patho. Yeah. So we were in neuroanatomy and patho. Um, and so we start off with neuroanatomy and patho at Marymount, two super hard classes. And neuroanatomy was just absolutely rocking me. Um, I wasn't sleeping at night. I, you know, probably wasn't making the best choices with my free time. Um, I was really struggling to stay focused. I, you know, fell really far behind. Um, and ultimately, ultimately what ended up happening is, you know, I bombed my first test. (laughs) Um, and I remember for the first time getting that test back and, you know, I was someone who, you know, it's so funny because they're always like, you know, we're in this like culture where it's like, don't compare yourself to others, but we have so much data now where like, even like the college online platforms, they literally compare you to the whole class and you get to see like where you fall, worst, worst grade, best grade, like where the mean was. And every single time in undergrad, I would always look and like, make sure I was at like the top because I'm super competitive. I wanted to be the best. And for the first time I was like, Oh, like you got the worst score in this 42 person class um that you literally pivoted your whole life for to get here and now you're like wow am I even supposed to be here so it was really it was super hard um because you know the teachers give back the test grades and they commend us and how well we did they always send that follow-up email everyone did so well if you didn't do so well come talk to like a teacher or whatever Um, So, you know, for the first time, like that wasn't directed at me and I was not used to uh, receiving accolades for my work because 
I've always identified as such a hard worker. Um, and that was tough because, yeah. you know, I was also struggling at the same time with my identity. Mm. Um, and um, thankfully, you know, it wasn't like just one test. It, it was it was almost like a, a series of events. Um, there was, you know, a like a combination of things, you know, outside of like the team, like I had just like broken up from a really terrible relationship. And so I was struggling with that. And I felt like my teammates had each other. Everyone in PT school was doing really well for themselves. They were like so thrilled and like so stoked to be in PT school and so stoked to be crushing it and getting these great grades. And, you know, maybe I wasn't the only one, but it's so funny because you only see like who's doing well when you're not doing great and you don't really see the fact that maybe other people are struggling too Uh. um and you know after I had that experience um I stumbled upon some like really like solid relationships in PT school and and that's kind of like where I, I met some of my like best friends and and I learned you know some of them weren't doing so well either um and you know they encouraged me you know I reached out to the teacher I talked to the teacher and I I sat down in that office after bombing that test and this teacher she's she's pretty uh she's pretty intimidating and I sit down in her office and you know it's to talk about what happened during this test first exam and you know, it, it kind of felt like a little bit of a lecture. And I was like, I really like, I don't know where to begin. And, and, you know, I'm on like the verge of tears, like I'm nearly exhausted. I haven't been sleeping. I've been stressing. And she's like, well, you're falling asleep in like all my classes. Like I can see you. I used to sit in the front row and like, that's just me. Like I wasn't doing it on purpose, but you know, I was dozing off because I was up all night. So stressed and so like upset and distraught um, yeah. over the direction that my life was headed. Um, and, you know, I talked to her and, you know, she gave me the whole classic spiel that they give college kids like, oh, these are the resources if you need help, whatever. Um, and I feel like I don't really remember when it exactly happened, but one thing that never changed was my relationship with movement. The way that I was dealing with this kind of like pent up energy was, you know, if I had a sleepless night, I would get up and I would go to the gym and I would go work out because it was the one thing I felt that was making me feel better. Right. Um, and I felt like that was important to me. And it was the last piece that I had that like made me feel like I was supposed to be in PT school because I loved movement so much. And it was the one thing that helped me to feel better during that time where things were a little bit lonely and uncertain. Um, And during that time, at some point, like, I had always been raised on my faith. And throughout that period of time, I kind of lost contact with it through my undergrad. There's a lot of distractions it goes by, you know, you're living that fast paced lifestyle. And in that moment, when I felt alone, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll fall back on my faith now. And now's the time to do that. And I would wake up super early, I'd be driving to the gym. And I, I started kind of 
you know, praying more. And I, you know, would listen to music that was more faith-based. And even in these like small minor doses, some of those things gave me the encouragement that it's like, this life isn't about you finding connection with other people or needing to identify through a relationship that you have here on this earth or your teammates. Like you don't always have to have this group of people supporting you to get by in life. Cause at the end of the day, like you were put on this earth to serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're focusing on that purpose within yourself and kind of what God has put you here to do, like that is unshakable because it comes from within you and it's not something that other people can give you. And when I found that it gave me so much confidence and just that shift in perspective. And it was crazy. It was like night and day. And like, suddenly, like I was at peace. I was like, just at peace again. Um, I started being able to sleep, which was literally like the biggest thing, you know, in grad school, if you're not sleeping and you're trying to listen to a neuroscience lecture, it's just not happening. Like at all. It's mush. It's, it's straight up not happening. And that's why, you know, I was dozing off in classes every single day and it wasn't my fault. I wanted to be there. I just was not sleeping. I was laying in bed and I remember like, I would be Googling, like, what do you do when you can't with me? Like, how do I make this work? And I, I remember, someone like I remember reading a suggestion it was like change the place where your bed is in the room I changed where my bed was in the room because I thought it would help um so it was like it was bad um but yeah I definitely like had that reconnection with my faith and it helped me to find kind of like you know it's like something spoke to me like stay focused on your purpose like stop worrying about other people stop you know, what your friends are doing when they're stop worrying about what you're missing out on, stay focused on kind of your path. And um, yeah, and in that moment, I with movement. And, and, you know, the irony now is, you know, I was I I learned and it's like the sense of peace. It was kind of like, you know, I was the straight A kid before I was getting better grades than everyone else and you know maybe now I'm not and maybe that's not what it's all about and so I found other ways to basically find value in the experience of school Um, and I got involved in a local gym I started taking group exercise classes and I connected with some of the coaches and from there I ended up coaching got into personal training And I said, you know what, I'm not going to be the best student in this classroom. And that's okay. And like having peace with that was huge, because it allowed me to learn my trade by working with people, which is really why I was pursuing it, because I wanted to spread my joy of movement with other people. Like, and that I believe is the gift that I've been given. And I've basically acquired and has been established as my purpose is to just spread movement to other people. And once I had that pivot in perspective, I was able to serve other people in that way. Um, And like I said, I wasn't getting the best grades in the class and, you know, I was putting work forth and I I was doing what I had to do. Um, But I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a bomb physical therapist one day. And, you know, 
it, it's not going to be proven by the fact that I'm getting A's. <laughs> so, you know, in undergrad, they say C's get degrees. And, you know, I, I never really resonated with that. I was always like, oh, 4.0. But, you know, I hit grad school and I was like, B because that's what it is in PT school. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, B's get degrees. That's me. But at the same time, look at all that I'm learning through these other people that I get to work with while having a part-time job. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a pretty cool experience because that's one thing they don't teach you in PT school is how to talk to people. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. It's, that's, they don't teach you that in a lot of, a lot of places, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I got to lot, I learn a lot of really cool soft skills. Um, yeah. But yeah, so here I am now. And, you know, to put it quite plainly, um, I pretty much have my dream job right now. I took a job straight out of PT school just because you kind of need like that health insurance, you need to pay the bills. Um, it wasn't the best environment for me. Um, my coworkers were great. Everyone was super kind. Um, but it wasn't for me. And I came across this opportunity to work at Big League in Washington, D.C. And I have been part of a really awesome mentorship group that led me there, Cal U. And I saw posted on the page, I was like, Washington, D.C., we're hiring, you know, movement-based physical therapists for a cash-based clinic. And I jumped on it. I applied right away and got the job. And so I've been there about a year now. Um, and it's really awesome. So it's funny kind of how life happens sometimes. Like you at a certain point of the journey might not feel like you're crushing it. Um, but I found that, you know, giving yourself moments of peace, reconnecting with your spirituality, you know, understanding that this life is bigger than you, but you can only control the things that are going on within yourself and just focusing on my purpose and what I meant to be has been really helpful in the journey as a whole. It's very well said. You kind of took care of the recap already, but we're going to, we're going to do. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to do that. Just oh, keep talking or end. No, no, you're, you're good. <laughs> just keep, keep doing your thing. This is perfect. Um, we usually pray to start the story, but I felt led a little differently today. So we're actually going to pray now and we're going to ask the Lord to just open up this next part as we kind of unpack a couple of things that you talked about. So if you're, if you're with us, just let's pray real quick. So dear Lord, as, as we heard her story, Lord, just allow us to unpack this wisdom in a way that's tangible in a way that's practical in a way that the Holy spirit leads. We pray right now with welcoming you and thanking you already for just being in this space and, we just welcome you into the minds and hearts of people as this story sits on them and just allow it to speak in the way that you allow things to speak. Holy spirit, in your name we pray. Amen. So yeah, there's a couple of things I want to unpack for sure. Um, you talked about a bunch of things here. You talked about a competitive environment. You talked about career choices. You talked about friends. You talked about huge decisions. You talked about identity, being purposeful, spreading the joy of movement, but I really feel like I want to highlight a couple of things to start. Um, first of all, thank you for sharing. Um, I appreciate the vulnerability and the, uh, I guess that's what kind of distinguishes the people we have on this podcast versus other stories. I think the power comes from being vulnerable. The power comes from, and it's cliche 
to say authentic in today's day and age because what is authentic helps grows platforms. We're not doing this to grow a platform, though. We're doing this to share the parts of something that will truly inflict change. That is what metamorphosis is. Metamorphosis is the process of where a caterpillar comes into a butterfly. We learn that as a young age, but through that transformation comes change and change is often hard. And you've talked about a lot of ways that change has impacted you and your career trajectory and how you eventually landed where you are today. But don't hear me the wrong way. Being authentic is a great thing. But we're not doing authenticity in the trendy, worldly way of authenticity. We're, we're being vulnerable because it's that empathy that we can be relatable. And it's that place of emotion where we've had to make a choice where other people are going to truly relate at its deepest root. Um, but you talked about, let's, let's, let's dive at it. So competitive environment was the first thing. Um, so I guess my question is from your story, you talked about being competitive in athletics, being self-competitive in academics. Now, if you're someone that is not a competitive person, or maybe you're in a competitive environment where you're, you're challenged and you're struggling, you've talked about a couple of examples of that in your story. How do you improve? How do you step up to the bat and step up to the plate uh, and perform when you don't feel adequate? Ooh, that's a tough question. That's I mean, definitely a people, tough question. Let me, let me phrase it like this. You, you have people in your life who maybe weren't the most competitive people, but they still managed to step up in a perceptively competitive environment. So what, what would you say to the person that is maybe in a place where they're a little bit discouraged mm-hmm. and they need, they need something to get them through what they're going through because they know it's the right place. They're just not feeling adequate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, I feel like that's the career of physical therapy. I mean, you know, I, it, it's almost like school kind of prepared me to feel that way that sometimes you're not going to feel well equipped to deal with whatever might come your way that day, right? Like, physical therapy is a tough field. Like you, you don't know that person that you're going to be meeting that day and you're helping them with a really tough topic, pain. And sometimes it's chronic pain, pain that they've had for years. So, you know, that's something you experience as a new grad. Maybe this never goes away. I've been at this for a little over a year now, but working in a clinical setting for years now. And, you know, one thing that never changes is you're dealing with people on a daily basis with something that's really tough, really distracting and can sometimes be chronic and that's physical pain. Um, And one thing that I would tell people is like, I mean, and I I tell other physical therapists this and my peers and I'm like, you're never going to feel prepared, but you're kind of put into that place for a purpose. And, you know, maybe you don't feel adequate but that person is coming to you in trust and in confidence. And if the least thing that you can do in that moment is listen to a person, that's more than most of the world does for them. And that's more than most of healthcare does for them. Mm. Um, And that's something that has been huge for me is like, don't focus on doing it all at once. Focus on doing one thing at a time. And I always think lead with listening. 
like if you can listen to a person that's huge yeah. Um, and that's just in the field of physical therapy and maybe a lot of other areas too, but there's always stuff to learn. And I always tell myself, you know what, I may not be the best at this right now, but let's get to work and find a way to be. That's awesome. That's really, really good. I think there's a lot to take away from that for a lot of people, but we're going to move right on here. Um, you also talked about career choices and you talked about applying to physical therapy and kind of pursuing that career and making a pivot into that place. Um, and then being challenged, but ultimately feeling like you had a lot of peace in addition to that challenge at the, at the end of kind of that whole process you explained. So what would you tell someone in regards to a career? Maybe they're thinking of pivoting or maybe they're sure of where they are, but what would you say to that person in regards to picking a career and, and feeling the way they need to feel about that career? Yeah. I mean, I think life is always changing and I think that's something that, you know, we talked about peace a little bit and it's like, sometimes you have to just be at peace. Like sometimes things aren't going to feel right. And sometimes you're going to, you know, question things. Sometimes life is going to shift and and make you feel. And I I think being at peace with the fact that things are ever changing um, has been something that's very helpful for me. I obviously like, I I found a field that I really like. Um, And I think a big part of that has been, keeping eyes, ears open to opportunity. Um, You know, my first job in in PT was not my dream job by any means. Um, But instead of like thinking about, oh, these are all the things that I I would change about where I'm at right now, I tried to refocus because it wasn't changing. Like it was my job. Um, And I would try to focus instead because, you know, I've seen sometimes up to 14 people a day, which is tough, but oftentimes those interactions were really awesome. The people were really great. And so instead of saying, you know what, I wish this setting looked like this. And I wish, I wish we had this machine or I wish we didn't have this machine or I wish we had more space. Um, I was like, you know what, I get to connect with a bunch of really cool people every day. Um, and these are people that maybe I wouldn't have met otherwise if, you know, my life didn't take me down this path or take me to this job. So just seeing all things as an opportunity. Yeah. Super, super good. Um, I often say, like, if you're not sure, try a bunch of stuff out. I don't mean that very haphazardly. I mean that in, like, being intentional with your time, right? But if you try something and it doesn't fit or you don't have that piece and you don't like it, hey, like, you can check that off as something you know about yourself that you don't like. Um, right. Whether it's environment or whatever it is, right? Um, I know both of uh, both of us have worked in hospitality as well. So, like, in the restaurant, you can try a bunch of different parts of the restaurant out if something doesn't quite fit well you can work in another type and it's all working to a common purpose right so it's not that you're not useful or it's just not right the right fit at the right time so and you talked about that beautifully about how life changes that's awesome um yeah and i think that'll encourage a lot of people i really do um but there's also a major theme i wanted to highlight on too because you and i are a little bit different in this regard and i think it's a i talked to my wife about this it's kind of like a guy girl thing you know, girls are a lot more <laughs> relational than guys tend to be. 
Um, but friends have played a huge, and, and okay, let me phrase it like this for all the listeners out there. I have friends. Okay. I have friends and friends are important to me, but in, in my life, my friends can be far away and we're still close for, for your life. It's been an almost integral part to have your friends close and have your relationships really close and have them being very involved in your life. And I think that's an awesome thing. Um, but let's talk about how hard it was for you to leave your friends at like the various seasons of your life. And I guess you didn't talk about this, but the next season of your life, you're kind of embarking upon. Um, and I, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let you talk about it. But how is it? How is it? How is it leaving your friends? And, and how did you feel? And what helped you through that? Um, yeah, it, it was just I mean, you know, when you're in college playing college sports, you're spending your whole time with your teammates. So yeah, that, that was definitely tough. Um, you know, they were still there, but it's not, I mean, I wasn't traveling with the team and it was just weird. I think that's part of just like staying in the same town for grad school. You know, when you're an athlete and your team's like five minutes away and they're practicing, but you're going to class or you're studying for an exam and it's like, you're missing playing in those games. Um, but yeah, I'm a very, friend oriented relationship oriented person and part of that's like being you know living near my friends you know being able to have contact with them during important periods of their life um but I don't know I I think a big part of dealing with that it was just dealing with the transition I think transitions are tough if there was anything I got out of this like transitions are tough when you when you go full-time from just spending all the time in the world with your friends and you're super close with your teammates and you're always with them. And then, you know, it's a stark contrast between that and you're sitting in in a classroom full of people that you don't know all day. Um, It's a transition. And I wouldn't say it was so much as like, Oh, I felt like I like lost all my friends, but it was coping with the transition of like, you know, life happens and that's adulthood. Like you're not going to see your friends all the time. And it was like a harsh reality for someone who hadn't had to experience it like that before. <laughs> yeah, no, that's super good too. And I think my younger self would have been like, oh man, like I could never leave. But like now that I've kind of taken a couple steps towards the direction of where I want my life to head, it's, 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 I guess what I'm hearing from you is it's, it's okay to be, it's okay to be okay with those changes. Um, yeah. It's natural. For cool. Sure. So another thing I want to highlight, um, you talked about huge decisions and you've made a couple huge decisions. It's funny because we were talking about um, this conversation and you were like asking me, you were like, I'm not sure, you know, what I have to share that's going to be along the lines of what you're looking for. And I, I, I reminded you, I'm like, you, you jumped from a elementary education career and exposed yourself to a completely new world because it felt like the right fit and then you had to adjust to that. And it was a quote unquote, huge decision you said. And I would agree. I would definitely agree. I mean, you would have been out of school a year earlier, not trying to, you know, highlight it as a negative, but <laughs> you would have been out of PT school a year earlier. You'd had a year more experience at this point today. But a client said to me this one time, um, I was actually working with a client, uh, a PT client. And he said to me, he's like, Brian, you're going to have five or seven major life decisions and changes 
in your life, probably between five and seven that you're going to be able to look back and remark upon when you're older. And this is a gentleman who has worked with really high profile entrepreneurs and really high profile celebrities. And he said, that's the common thing he's, he's noticed in a lot of these people's lives is they've had, well, from hearing their stories, they've had like five or seven, five to seven big shifts in their life or big decisions they had to make that they remember and that they're grateful for. And I would argue that making that jump from elementary ed to PT was one of those life shifts. Uh, would you agree? <laughs> would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it was a huge life shift. And it, it felt and here I'm thankful, honestly, and I kind of hope that's one of my big life decisions. Because like, in the moment, it felt massive, like, you're 19 years old in college, like living with all your best friends in the dorms. And then like, two weeks later, you're like, Oh, my God, I'm gonna like transfer. It's like the end of the world, right? It wasn't it wasn't as big of a deal. You know, looking in the rear view, it's not as big of a deal. Um And I think having my parents to kind of encourage me through that was super helpful because, you know, they do see, you know, in the rear view, it's not as big and it wasn't as big, but I am so thankful I did it. So thankful. And like, if I could go back and tell myself, like, you're making the right choice, I wish I could because I was distraught over it. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I kind of want to hit on one last thing here and that's an excellent segue because you talked about having peace in the midst of a lot of challenge and a lot of conviction and a lot of things that you needed to, to change and shift in regards to your mindset. And you talked about, you talked about superficially shifting things like moving your room around, but you talked about how that piece was like a bigger, a bigger shift. It was almost like a demeanor based piece or how would you describe that? I mean, like for someone out there that maybe is kind of, Oh yeah, I felt a little bit of that. What is, and for, for you and me, it's what does God's peace look like on something that maybe the world is kind of telling you it doesn't look peaceful? What does that look like? Go ahead and illustrate that for, for our listeners. It was kind of like a shift that I couldn't explain, you know, like I it was years ago now. And I just remember like I would wake up super early. I would drive to the gym. It's like an empty road. You know, you're headed, you know, I live like in the city, you know, you're hitting all the red lights. And I remember just feeling so like, honestly depressed every morning, wake up practically on the verge of tears just because of like sadness, like feeling horrible. Um, And I would still like take my life, make it to the gym you know, drag myself through a workout, drag myself to school. And I remember when that shift happened, it, it was kind of like a weight like lifted off my chest that I felt thankful to be where I was because of maybe not how the present moment was feeling, but for what I could see into my future. Um, And, you know, rather than being, you know, on the verge of tears of sadness, it was like, a sense of joy, a sense of being at ease, like relief almost. It was kind of like a relief, honestly, because I had gone so long and just staring at the wall at night, couldn't sleep. And I'm like, God, when is this going to end? Literally. (laughs) Um, And you just, it was a shift. Um, You know, I started, you know, rather than going out on the weekends, I would try to get to bed early and I would try to, you know, 
hit like the local church service if I was in town um it was stuff like that where I just saw things in a different light and I do believe the access that I had to movement was a huge part of it and this is why I am like such a firm believer in movement um yeah because honestly it's so funny because we used to work with a sports psychologist when I was in undergrad playing lacrosse and Mm, we used to meditate yeah we used to meditate as a team and and we used to talk about mindfulness and some of the stuff we did was active mindfulness and I remember always talking to his name was Dr. Pinot we used to work with him once a week during season and we would talk about things that didn't go our way things that did go our way how we emotionally reacted to it how to be more mindful about our emotions in the moment and I remember always saying I was like you know sitting and meditating super hard for me but I truly feel at peace when I'm moving um and there is such a thing as active meditation is what I learned working with him and um that was something that gave me a ton of relief and you know in terms of how that like kind of tied back to my faith it's like now looking back I realize and it's funny because it's on the wall of big league as we have movement is medicine um and I'm a firm believer in that and it's almost kind of like in a way that it's like a gift that we did receive from God like the ability to move it's a gift and it's something that you know gives us access to the world that we live in it helps us to interact you know with the people we love it helps us to see things it helps us to experience And I also am a firm believer that the movement, the gift of movement that we have received as human beings, it also has the ability to help us heal. And I really do feel during those times, movement was something that helped me to heal in those moments where maybe I felt alone, but it was a way that I could work on myself in a way that worked towards my future Yeah, that I wouldn't have had access to if my only choice was to just be sedentary wow yeah that's really really good actually i didn't know about the active meditation part either i didn't know there was a name for it i guess but we're canons and i think we're all pretty much active meditators in our family because we all <laughs> love growing up. we never, <laughs> never sat still our entire childhood we were always running around right exactly or, or earning our stillness i'll call it because my parents used to make us play outside to then chill in the house. We had, it wasn't the opposite. It wasn't, it wasn't, Oh, like this is your hour outside. It was, no, you're going to be outside until I say you can come in and then you can sit still for an hour right. and then you're go back out. Yeah. <laughs> Living a good life. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But anyway, Kel, we're going to, we're going to kind of recap today because it was an excellent conversation. I'm really truly believing that um, a lot of people are going to be touched by the way you shared that because I think it was beautifully said and I'm not just saying that because your brother it was very very well said um <laughs> you, but you had a couple quotable moments lead to listen uh there's a joy with movement with other people spread that joy and um yeah I guess just also to paraphrase kind of seeking that peace and that calmness and in, in what is a constantly moving life and it's a, it's a beautiful thing and you're just getting started on your journey and I'm very excited for you. And that's not to downplay what you've been through, but it's uh, exciting to see what the Lord will do with the rest of it. 
Um, so I guess what are you up to now? Um, and where can people follow you if they're looking to, to chase after what you've been up to? Yeah, so I'm still working out of Capitol Hill, Eastern Market area in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm with Big League, awesome team. Um, I love working there. I've been there, like I said, about a year now. Uh, you can follow me, probably I'm most active on Instagram. It's kellencannon.dpt. Um, and that's kind of where I post most of my physical therapy-related musings. I'm currently rehabbing a back injury but we're pedal to the metal on our running program and I'm hoping to you know be scaling that up this summer because I love running in hot weather I'm one of those weirdos that's awesome sounds good and then we're expecting we're expecting um a big celebration soon too as well right (laughs) yes oh yeah (laughs) sorry I'm like all like you didn't pick up on it. You're too busy talking about physical therapy, which is fine. I'm like honing in <laughs> on my career. What I love my job. Um, yeah, getting married next January. We're gonna be, you know, crossing the nation to go see also my new baby, five month old River Ryan's daughter. Um, that's really the most important part. So I'm just kidding. But we're getting married, um, and we're super excited. That's awesome. Yeah, you've got a lot of big things coming up, and I'm excited to hear the rest of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's so okay. Don't ask details about the wedding because I'm a horrible planner. That's all right. We're all allowed <laughs> to have our strengths and our weaknesses. It's fine. Um, but anyway, Kellen, thanks for thanks for jumping on. Um, we're going to kind of tell our listeners. Um, you know, this conversation is for everyone listening. It's for the people that need that encouragement and. We don't ask for much, but if you could share it with one person, share it with one person, send it out to one person. We're going to be on Spotify mostly uh, for podcast listening and share it with one person that really needs that burst of encouragement. It's an hour of time. We understand it's an hour of time, but in that hour, we hope to hopefully accelerate the next year or the next five years of your life, hopefully for some wisdom of what we've both kind of been through in life so far and what I've been able to highlight from this story. Obviously there's a lot more, but metamorphosis, the power of change. You can follow us on platforms as well, but that's not what's important. Go share this out with somebody. Kellen, anything else? Um, No, that was awesome. I was uh, glad to share that story. And of course, you know, if anyone did find me on Instagram or if you're a PT student or if you're struggling, you know, in your career, in your direct, always happy to chat I love talking to people it's you know we're physical therapists but really we're just like professional listeners and professional talkers it's what we do all day (laughs) always here to help awesome so Kellen thanks for hopping on and this was the power of change metamorphosis take care we ask if this provided value to you Please share this audio with someone you think could benefit from listening. Also, what would help is if you could leave a quick review on any platform you're consuming this content. We appreciate your support. And if you're interested, follow us on social media at meta underscore power of change.